I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as I was uh, lamenting just a little bit in the uh, previous segment, uh, just about where where is the leadership and why is it that even on something as simple as a coronavirus stimulus deal to even just a very narrow, narrow bill, uh, to simply help small business owners and entrepreneurs and some of those that are providing critical jobs uh, to American families across the country, why is it that we can't lead? Why is it that we cannot get there on those kinds of things? Uh, if you missed the program yesterday, we had a uh, just an awesome conversation with Miles Hansen, the CEO of World Trade Center Utah. Of course, uh, they are uh, hosting uh, the Utah Economic and Energy Summit. That's the Governor's Summit, Summit coming up uh, on October 26th. And as part of that, uh, Miles had the chance to sit down with Richard Haas, uh, president of the Council of Foreign Relations, uh, and we're just one of the real brilliant foreign affairs uh, minds in our country today. And he did a, a, just a, a great interview that will be shared as part of that uh, economic and energy summit. And we only got to a portion of it yesterday, so I wanted to dive in a little further on some of this today because it gets to this argument and this essence of leadership. Uh, so again, Richard Haas, uh, president of the Council of Foreign Relations, uh, in in an interview that uh, Miles Hansen, CEO of the World Trade Center Utah, uh, conducted with him. Again, part of that will be shared uh, in the uh, upcoming days. But I wanted to get the the uh, insight of Richard Haas as it relates to leadership and how he looks at history. And uh, here's where he began. I think the principal surprise how little in, in life or history is inevitable. But the more you, you're up close to policymakers, to a president and others, to history being made, you realize uh, how much individuals matter, their judgment, their background, what they bring to the task. Uh, and had different people been in their positions at that time, history would have taken a really different road. What I love about that is uh, the fact that very little is inevitable. It shows what people can do. And when I talk to younger people and students, uh, I often refer to that. It shows their ability to make a difference. So there's there's no reason to sit outside, no reason to be cynical or passive. Even as a young person, I remember when I was in my 20s in the Pentagon, my memos could still get inside the inbox of a secretary of defense. It just gave me a chance not just to watch history, but in a sense to, to participate in it. And I came away from that again, thinking that uh, people can really make uh, make a difference. I, I love that concept that uh, that nothing is inevitable and that provides all of us the opportunity to make a difference. And that's, a, that's an especially important lesson for our young people. Uh, I remember reading 
uh, in uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin's uh, uh, book on President Lincoln, she had commented that as a as a young man, uh, Lincoln often lamented, uh, saying that uh, you know that the founding fathers had done all the hard stuff, that all of the fields of glory had been harvested, and that the only thing left for Abraham Lincoln and his generation was really small stuff. Uh, and of course, it it wasn't uh, because nothing is inevitable. The wheels of history turned and extraordinary opportunities were presented uh, and Abraham Lincoln was was ready to step in and, and make a difference. And, and that's true today. Nothing is inevitable, which means each one of us have an opportunity to make a difference every day. And it doesn't mean we have to be an elected official or the head of a major corporation. No, nothing is inevitable. Therefore, all of us have opportunities every day to go out and make a difference if we're ready and if we're willing to respond, we often refer to those as those tap on the shoulder moments, uh, quoting Churchill. Uh, Richard Haas went on uh, to be asked by uh, Miles Hansen from World Trade Center, Utah, about Brent Scowcroft, Colin Powell, George H.W. Bush, some of the leaders that he had worked with and admired. Uh, here's what he had to say about Brent Scowcroft. Like I was lucky enough to work with uh, both of them and two great friends. Uh, sadly, we just lost Brent. He was extraordinary. And Brent was able to, better than anyone I know, be both modest and forceful at the same time. He was open to learning, open to listening, didn't feel competition. But also, uh, even though he was mild-mannered and a gentleman and polite, was also very strong in his own views. But he never let his own advocacy get in the way of, in his job, say, as national security advisor, making sure the process worked, that everybody else felt they had their chance, their day in court. So there's this ability to be fair, to be open-minded and fair to me, uh, put him in a position where everybody wanted to work with him. It shows how much influence you can have if you don't abuse or exploit your position of authority. And to me, Brent really lived by that. Restraint always works as a leader. And I think that's a, a great lesson that uh, Brent Scowcroft was was not about his own agenda. He was He was the great staffer. He was making sure that those that he supported and those that were leading had all the information they needed, had it in an unbiased, straightforward kind of way. He wasn't the advocate. He was the information deliverer uh, and then would lead it, leave it up to those leaders to to make those decisions and, and actually move things forward. I want to jump now to uh, his comments. He was asked about Colin Powell and his leadership. Here's what he said. Colin, I'll tell you one story. It was one day we had the, the large morning staff meeting at the State Department. And after everybody cleared out of the room, I said uh, to Colin, Colin, I was really surprised how you handled something. There was a problem, uh, a security problem at an embassy abroad and things had gone badly. And he was very mild mannered. <laughs> he said, Richard, I learned one thing in the Army. And he said, first reports are never, uh, never accurate and they're never complete. So don't react the first time a crisis comes to you. Give it time, ask some questions, ask people to assemble all the facts and so forth and come back in a few hours when they're confident they've got it right. You'll still have time to respond, but you're much more likely to be responding against an accurate backdrop rather than something either incomplete or partially false. And uh, use the available time that, that you, you, you have. So many lessons in there. We could spend the rest of the program just talking about those two things of, of don't react as a leader. Uh, all of us as citizens don't react uh, just at the first information that comes in front of you. Uh, I love the fact that uh, Colin Powell was saying most of these initial reports that we get, whether that's in a, a political conflict, whether that's in an actual physical conflict, a security conflict, 
Uh, most of the early reports are inaccurate or incomplete at best. And so don't react to those. And uh, we often talk about on this program that we have to be very careful of instant cert- certainty. Uh, instant certainty is, uh, is one of the real evils of our day because it prevents us from actually listening. Because the moment we decide we've got it and we've, we have all that we need and we make a judgment, we stop listening. Which is why I also love the fact that uh, Colin Powell was always known for asking brilliant questions. He always wanted to have more information, uh, to gain more insight. And it didn't matter who he got it from. It didn't matter if it was a superior or someone uh, lower in the, in the pecking order. Uh, he was going to listen. He wanted to know because it would help him make a better decision. And honestly, that's the kind of leadership we need more of in this country, in our communities, in our homes and neighborhoods. Uh, we have to get to that, to, to not just react and to ask better questions. Uh, we can often get to far better results. And we're going to talk about that coming up next. Uh, you want to stay with us. We are going to be joined by Chris Peterson, Democratic candidate for governor, and Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox, Republican candidate for governor. We're going to talk about civility elevating the conversation and how Utah can lead the way. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.